Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Andy with Andy and Matt. I'm Matt and he's Andy and it's time to discuss Dungeons and Dragons. You're actually Andy and I'm Matt. I know what I said. Okay. Well, not just Dungeons and Dragons, but all tabletop gaming is incredibly important for the building of an imagination or any sane person, I think, because... Let's be honest. Uh, well, I, I really want to say that fantasy is as important as wisdom, but I also think that might be just a proverb or, or like a quote I heard somewhere. Matt, I like everything you just said, but I want to let you know that is way too long for the title I had in mind. Oh. Mine was a little we're, more we're snappy. We're coming up with a title? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, what's your title? Dungeons and Dragons. That's probably better. Yeah, just a little more snappy. Despite the fact that we're not going to be mentioning Yu-Gi-Oh at all. No. I mean, unless, like, I guess Dark King Magician Dark Magician is considered, he, on the card it says the ultimate wizard of a terms of attack and defense. Yeah, he's a king of games. That's that's the mild reference I was he's trying to He's the king of pull. card games. He's, he played, he uh, what, what was it, uh, the dice, what was the dice thing? Dungeon Dice Monsters. Yeah, he, he I also saw it's him play Solitaire in an episode. He is the king of games. He didn't play Solitaire. He did. Okay, but we're not here to talk about Solitaire or Yu-Gi-Oh. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. And Bezum, other tabletops. Fate, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Mage the Ascension. Um, Monster of the Week uh, as well is another one that I like uh, the system particularly. I'm not honestly as familiar to that. We'll just brush over it real quick. Okay, but how did you start? Where, where did you get your start in tabletop gaming? Um, I got my start in tabletop gaming uh, actually kind of late on. I didn't really start off early like most people did. I started playing 3.5 revised Dungeons and Dragons in ninth grade, uh, which was like 2009. I, I I actually did it about the same age. Uh, unfortunately, I looked over my brother's 3.0 player's handbook constantly. I just didn't have any friends at the time that could play. I still don't. What do you mean? We're not friends. <laughs> L- ladies and gentlemen, my feelings have been hurt. We have a professional relationship. Stop acting like I see you outside of this bedroom. That makes it sound dirty. <laughs> it's supposed to be. But yeah, so like the hardest, most grueling version of Dungeons and Dragons is where I got my start. Um, I wouldn't say hardest and most grueling. I mean, it had like the most amount of rules and like nonsense you had to follow along that made like the game in and of itself difficult like my dm played to the extent of where like you had to have like a certain amount of food and you i hate counting arrows just let me have an unlimited quiver for the sake of convenience nope nope my dms were just the same and in fact when when i started and i finally found a group 
of people that were willing to dungeon master for me. They were probably two to three times my age. They were like middle-aged dudes that were a, a friend of mine's dad and his buddies. And they killed us every single time. And every single time, we had to do that walk of shame to the shredder and shred our character sheets. They made you sheets. shred your character sheets? Every single one. Why? And are, what? It, and, and you know what? It wasn't even... It, oh, sometimes it would be two sheets because they would be like, you, you have a character die all the time. Just make two characters and maybe one of them will live. Nope. These were, they even gave me these specialty sheets. Oh, you want to make a fighter? Here's a special sheet just for fighters. Here's one just for sorcerers. Here's one just for wizards. Try again. It'll be fine. And then they fucking killed me right out of the first fucking session. See, every time. That's like the worst people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you, if you go into a game with players and you're being a dm and your first thought is like how am i gonna murder them as quickly as possible like poo on you don't play the game well that's one of the now i want to mention the do's and don'ts here oh, there's a lot of don'ts th there's a lot of don'ts for being a dungeon master and it's it's just really it, it sucks when you're constantly trying to kill the players like outright yeah you're supposed to make it tough for them but don't make it like oh there is no way you could possibly stand against anything that i put out for you because fuck you you little insignificant anything you know what i what i think like my favorite like rule of thumb for being a dm who wants to like screw with their players to a certain extent like i want everyone to have a good time i don't want to murder you outright it's not fun like you come to a session and you're like yeah i spent like a week on the backstory and i picked all this stuff and i made my guy and oh you got eaten by a dragon in like the first two seconds or oh my like op powerful demon thing snapped your neck for fun like just to make a point i hate that punish them punish your players for being stupid that is the best thing to do oh you have a fighter who never thinks about what he's doing kicks open a door well guess what the door was a mimic and he's now getting swallowed well some players can't handle that i've had players that will storm off and be all pissed off. Oh, i'm not playing anymore fine go home and come back when you decide to be a grown-up when when i was a kid i didn't really have that luck there were only a few people willing to play D D with me i mean i, I get that but you know, my my stance has always been if you're going to throw a big fit because your paper character died and you're not going to just laugh that you got, like, swallowed by a gelatinous cube after cursing a jelly god, then please don't show up. That's fair. You know, that's fair. it's you... supposed to be ridiculous to a certain extent. Well, yeah, and that's good. You're supposed to play into that hilarity. Who doesn't like the idea of, oh, I'm this all-powerful sorcerer, and I'm going to throw around this fireball spell for fun because fuck that, <laughs> fuck that cloud up there. Or that... Hang on. Do you We're having that? technical difficulties again. There's ghosts in the audio. It's, there appears to be. Yeah, audio ghosts. Speaking of auditory ghosts, uh, you know, that's actually, so... Ghost sound. Great cantrip. Yeah, oh, very overlooked. Fantastic. But, um, like, just because random thing, monsters. I, uh, I see, like... Make a... your own. Make your own. There are great monsters in the books, but I do, as a dungeon master, have to say... Look at them and make your own. You will be glad you did. There's I think... all kinds of useful things you can use. Well, you know what, too? Like, you de definitely, I would, like, say, when you're more... When you're an experienced DM, make your own. Or, you know, use a monster calculator. But that's, like, a hard thing, too, because when you, when you play with people, like... Relatively, if you do the math, like the crit, the critical or the, the the challenge rating, that's what it is. The challenge rating is supposed to be like the average of the number of people you have in your party per their level. So you know, party of five level nines, yada yada yada. You do all the math, but like sometimes it turns out to what you stack up against them doesn't 
just doesn't feel. It doesn't hit. They either wipe it out completely or they're too underpowered and just get wiped out. And it's a weird back and forth. It is a weird back and forth, but there's a great way you can you can sort of test that and see if they if it's going to be too little or too much and that's with minions a lot of great powerful evil or good people have peons that'll do their shit for them and mm -hmm. just be like attack them so if you if you think that they might be it might be a little easy of an encounter for them throw a few low level nobodies out there it'll right. definitely keep them on their toes and make it harder or you could dial it back and you're the dungeon master at any time you can be like hey uh they're saved by this or something happens right. or, or lightning strikes like throw in some kind of plot device to keep them from like now and here's my question too when you're uh like when you're being a dm and you're like running a you know let's call it a combat encounter for the sake of being easy if you see that like your your party of your you know your players is getting whomped and it's like to the extent where you're about to tpk where what at what point do you decide in that combat tpk total party kill okay um where do you decide within that like when to dial it back and stop because like you you have to subjectively realize like when you get to a certain point in like hp and spell slots like how much more how many resources your party has versus what you still have to use against them and they're already not doing well where what what instance or like do you decide like oh well they all have this much health or they've been knocked down this many times or i know that the sorcerer or the you know the warlock only has this many spells like where do you choose to stop with the level of like nonsense you have going on already like where do you pull back that boss like what's your deciding factor to not kill everybody sometimes it's usually easy to just be like hey they're getting their asses kicked oh well and just lay into them until they're beaten into the ground and, and then, then just don't kill them yeah you could you could have them wake up like an, a, a couple hours later with all of their shit gone be like okay well they they didn't kill you they just took your shit and for higher level characters, that can be bothersome because I they, have they, thirty they, magical items at this point. Yeah, and the player characters really get attached to their magic items. Like I am, I I I like to make my own, and I'm attached to all of them. I like the belt of pants. That's one of my favorites. The I remember the belt of pants. It's just a belt that projects illusionary pants, so you don't have to wear any. I love it. Stupidest, stupidest, wasteful <laughs> item. Oh come on! But that's also part of the fun of this. You can yeah. make up your own. There's all these, all the, a lot of these tabletops have rules for making your own magic items because, why the hell not? That's that's always one of the best things. Hey, I, guess what? I made this, these awesome pair of boots that lets you teleport with with another person. Well, you have to wear one of them and they wear the other. That's see, you know, and I love stupid magical <laughs> weapons like that. Like one of my uh, one of my favorite ones that uh, a DM ever gave to me was a sword that insults you as you <laughs> as you use it the whole time. OK, uh, like so like, you know, it insults your swing and how ugly you are and like makes fun of you when you get hit. Does um, it give you any bonuses? No, nothing. No, it just makes you sad. Really? Yeah, but it's a magical weapon, so it counts as magical weapon damage. Oh, man. So that's, like, the one benefit is now you can, like, slice, you know, a cube or uh, some other creature. I had a, a traveling companion who really liked her quiver of lies. All she had to do was tell a lie, and her quiver would gain a new arrow. That's honestly pretty flame. Right? Yeah, I like that. My, uh... 
my one of my DMs had this cool thing where, uh, like, you if you continue to use a magical item um, at a certain point, he would make you roll percentiles, and something horrible might happen. We actually had a guy who had, he was a swashbuckler, but he used like a cannon for a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to go shoot the cannon, and the ball got stuck and blew him blew him to pieces. That's awesome. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Why? He's, because he spent a lot of time on that guy, and we've been playing that campaign for like almost a year. What, just le- got what level up, was he? Like eighteen. And, and nobody wanted to res him. He must have been an asshole. We did not have anybody who had the ability to do that. It was a party. How did you survive to level eighteen? We hit good. Oh. It was mostly a, a party of fighters and barbarians and one ranger. Okay. That that actually that that actually kind of brings me to something I wanted to touch on. Please I, touch it. I, I'm gonna. Me. You think I won't? Because we actually so have differing hot. views on this. P- please don't hit on me at work. <laughs> anyway, we have differing differing views about this because I like to when when I play D and I like to have a map and I like to have it all mm-hmm. visually shown and represented. <clears throat> and other players are just like, no, it's all in my head. It's mm-hmm. like this. It's like that. And you I are like supposed the to. Of the mind. You are supposed to imagine it in your head, and that's what makes it so awesome. But if there is discrepancy between where you believe where something is and where I believe something is, that's going to break down communication. I mean, and I get what you're saying, too. Like, to a certain extent, though, it's like, hoity-toit, I'm the DM, so this is where you are. Accept it. But, like, I also think that we were introduced and, like, experienced Dungeons & Dragons differently. Um, I think that you got, like, a really... um, i'm having a microphone issue here um you got like a really um you got a lot of the extras like you had all the accessory stuff like you had the mini minis and like you had the maps and like all the extra stuff we didn't have shit we didn't even have character sheets it was all piece of notebook paper pencil and we all shared like this big bag of dice that someone found at a garage sale it was like the most like broke version of D possible so like we didn't have another option we just used the theater of the mind and like i feel like when you play with that too everybody kind of like retrospectively agrees to like we speak out where we are like what our order is where we are on placement and like when a dungeon master is like oh you're within the breath of the dragon you don't argue it because it's kind of like everything's so loose you just kind of go with what it is. And I, you know what I feel like too? Um, even when you do like the more tactile version, which you like with all, with all the hard surface and picture in front of you, I feel like the main argument against like why people don't like to just do theater of the mind solely is because people like to argue because they get really attached to their characters and like, Hey, if you could just be like, I wasn't over here and avoid damage, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. And it's really nice to, because I'm not going to, like, I'm going to say I, I run across the room and you could say, well, you didn't run far enough. Right. And that that would be it. But if I if I had it, like, on a map, I could be you like, could I be ran like, this. I ran this far. Th- literally this far. And you're like, well, it's too bad. I can reach further than that. Well, yeah. then I'm fucked. It's really got to be, like, a cohesive thing between like dungeon master and all the all the players in the party too because people can be assholes to each other in the same party it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's really got to be cohesive there where like you guys understand that you are cooperatively telling a story together and sometimes things make more sense for the sake of like the storytelling than they do like the math you know so i mean it really just depends on the people you're playing with but like i successfully played theater of the mind for like 
almost seven years and and no one broke out into a fist fight over they were 10 feet short of not getting like engulfed in flames or something like that i have lost many characters for stupid reasons that oh. i don't believe should have been reasons you know what's actually funny i'd never had a DD character die until i got a bullshit death with some random dm i met through like some kind of app he just killed my guy for like the sake of killing him that's how i feel like i'm gonna die in real life <laughs> someone breaks into your house takes all of your stuff and they just go man why not yeah and the last thing you just shout up into the sky damning a cosmic dm rolling a giant spherical d20 that just goes ambles into space <sighs> it's a one it's your it's your role it's my role it's your role that's a one it had yeah. to be the a guy one. doesn't even fire the gun you just have a heart attack because you're so stressed out i wake up and see someone in my house pointing a gun at me and have a heart attack yeah, and die right back down he didn't even have to use a bullet no he just like he he actually doesn't take anything because he feels bad he goes <laughs> to the next house over so it's kind of a win <laughs> kind of i mean at least you know no one's taking your your playstation okay so <laughs> not there isn't just D D in the 20 sided die oh, no. system there, there are many options honestly i've been introduced to quite a few um and i'm a big fan of the fate system because i feel like it rewards you for playing your character not any kind of meta that a per <laughs> that a person might get wrapped up in when playing D D. me yeah i'm a min maxer i like the role play but i i just love good stats and it's it's good to have good stats, but I, I feel like the that how you play the character is so much more important, no matter the platform. When you pick a character and a concept and you stick to it, it's it, it grows organically instead of when I first when I started playing D and D, it was I, I was playing with people that were like, okay, at this level, I'm going to take this feat and I'm going to mm -hmm. learn that spell and I'm going to be this powerful. And then the level after that, I'm going to take up this one and do this. And they plotted out their whole character. And it's like, no, you can't do that <laughs> because the character could go through all kinds of arcs or mm -hmm. threats. They could experience things that make them reconsider. You know why that is, though? So, like... I feel like when we were growing up, there were a lot of RPGs like that were like, we're going to present a story to you. You're going to make a character and it doesn't really matter what you do with the character because it's still going to be the same kind of injection of storyline. So like Fable, um, the Dragon Age series, Dragon's Dogma, even even Dark Souls doesn't matter. You know, you could do whatever you want, right? you're still going to get like the same progression. And I feel like we got so used to that in that form that when we jumped over to tabletops, everyone was just like, I need to maximize my stats to beat this boss. I don't care about anything else. I'll throw out the uh, fun role play in the storyline later. But if I don't have the stats to kill the big baddie, what am I doing? Cause honestly, I don't think like thinking about it really hard. We had a group of nine people and I don't think one single time anybody played a class in a way that wasn't relevant to the stats. Not one time. Like yeah. The, the character, like, when we played, like, we had campaigns that ran for, like, a year at a time, two years, because we were all in high school, so we were all together all the time for four years. And, like, the characters would evolve, and they'd get their own little personalities, and everything was really cool about that, but, like, the whole time, like, level progression, figuring out what they were going to do. My, one of my friends had his whole character plan from level 1 to 20, like, almost eight months in advance, just because he's, like, this is the perfect growth the tree. optimal means of yeah gr of generating a powerful character no it's a min max man and i you know what i feel too i feel like dudes like because i've played a lot of D D with dudes i've played a lot of D D with girls 
And I like playing with girls because they are more into the character for the most part versus the dudes being more into the stats. And it balances out in a kind of cool way. It's kind of like a weird symbiotic relationship where like the girls are being more like, haha, derp, der, I'm going to go do this thing. And then the dudes are like, okay, let's jump into that. But then vice versa, where they're like, oh, when you level up, maybe try this. And they end up making like better stat characters. And it's this weird, like cohesive bubble of everyone just growing into a better player. I, I can I can see where that comes from, and I feel like that's because uh, a lot of the time a, a guy will get more immersed in like the numbers of yeah. a, a, like in a video game. Like, okay, well, my numbers are the higher my numbers, the greater my chance of success of of succeeding is. But that's not always the case in D and D. You could just mm -hmm. you, you could win on a fluke. You could try something. You could uh, there, there's three enemies in front of you in the woods. Well, I'm going to destroy the branch above above them, and it hopefully falls on all three. Yeah, see, like, I... there, there's things that you can do like that, and it's just it. You just have to think about it. There's right. there's no rules for it in the book, but may, hey, I'm gonna can I do this? Can I do that? Right, and it's I a get guideline. A, I get a lot more of that when I'm playing with a with a girl than I am with a guy mm -hmm. because a girl is always more trying to find out more about the situation when right. a guy is like i know what i need to know about the situation it's kind of like how i feel about like most video games today like i don't know about you but like when i certain certain games not all games sometimes i get really invested in the storyline but like sometimes i'm just like please shut up i wish to go kill this monster now like i don't i don't like monster hunter for instance love it i, I don't care about the storyline at all i just want to go kill the monster I don't think the storyline is supposed to be the strongest part of Monster Hunter. It's no, the monsters are supposed to be yeah. there. They are strong. Um, but I do like the ones like okay, so for instance, I know you haven't played this system. Um, I haven't played it myself either, but I listen um to people play it, and it's Monster of the Week, I believe is the name. And instead of using like a D twenty system or even a D ten system or even I know there's one that uses like a stat system, which is a little bit weird. Uh, similar to Fate, I don't remember what that's called. But this one uses uh, a 2d6 system. So their scale range is 1 to 6 is a failure, um, 7 to 9 is a mixed success, and then 10 to 12 is a total success. Um, two things, well, a couple things I like about this. The first one is that you gain experience points when you fail, which I think is really, really cool because, I mean, if you're succeeding, you're not really learning anything. You have to fail to actually get better as a character. And the game is very... It's very role play. So even like people who are like stats, there's not like a lot you can do to really shift that around favorably all the time. So you kind of have to take what you have and then whatever the reaction is dealt. And it's very descriptive too. So there's no like initiative roles. There's no really like combat roles in the sense of like attack, like what we're used to. It's more so like, hey, there's like this five foot tall siren head creature and I, I am this magical type class and I want to shoot a fireball at it. I think the one for that is uh, you roll your 2d6 and then I believe like the skill for that is use magic or plus weird because there's all these like different instances because you could use the magic as an attack which would be use magic but then there's also like oh I can like use water to like whip and open this storm grate and like drown this thing that's like a weird roll. So there's like a lot of interesting aspects to it and it like forces everybody to like role play the scene more and I kind of like that that like pulls you out of the numbers. That that's kind of why I like fate. 
Like, in, in, uh, the only thing that I don't like about that that concept for Monster of the Week is that you gain experience from overcoming obstacles and overcoming challenges, not from failing against them, right? No, you gain experience when you fail. Yeah, but but the the experience is is normally something that's general that's that you would see as oh well that was an experience now it's over i think it's more so to like the aspect of like if you're good at something and you keep succeeding with the same like amount of effort or like tact of what you're doing you're not really improving you're like you're sharpening your edge but you're not making the sword any better when you fail you have to figure out like a new way around it and it that's like an experience in and of itself i think it's like you have to get knocked back down to get up again is like kind of the whole ideal around it. I, I I can see where it's coming from, but I I still don't agree with it as a as a means of gaining experience. Well, hear me out, my man. Like, let's say you're in a fist fight, right? And you keep your hands low, and you get popped in the face. Okay. We could you would consider that a fail, correct? Yeah. Your nose is now broken. Okay. Next time someone is going to swing at you, you're going to remember to keep your hands up. That's experience and you learn something. And in essence, like that's your level up. You have to you have to fail at something to figure out how to get around that and then be better at it. But I'm, I, I, I could throw a similar example and say like Bruce Lee spent how much time ki- perfecting kicks. But he he it's not like he failed. It's not like he got oh, it. No, re- homie, it's, he it's failed not, a lot. Yeah. But when he got it right, he didn't practice the wrong one. He practiced the right one. And when he practiced just the right one it got better and better it's not like it peaked yeah but it's like that's a skill he's gained so it's like in the same essence of this as you level up you gain skills you have to fail to level up like so in that essence in that example bruce lee doesn't know this kick fails at this kick a bunch of times then now can do this kick and gets better at the kick but he was better at that kick than anybody on the planet because he did it so many times not because he failed at it so many times no, but, but because he it. executed it successfully so many times yeah but he also had to fail a bunch of times to get to the point so what it is is like when you hit this failure you learn a new skill and then you make that skill better that's what that leveling system is like you fail a few times you get some new skills you improve the ones you have and then you get new ones from improving those so if i want to be good at something i have to fail at it a lot i mean yeah pretty much like you know guy for instance our our homie over here t money i don't think he could play you know through fire and flames and mad riffs on a guitar without you know screwing up eight billion times no i mean like in this game in this game monster of the week if i wanted to be good at something i would try to cl- I, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll try to climb this wall I'm, i suck at climbing i fail now i'm better at it and I, now I should be able to It's not necessarily like how... So in an instance of experience, you fail. You gain experience from that point forward. And then they have like their, like their own stat trees and like ability stuff. And like you get a boost to base the abilities at a certain point. So it's like, it's the same thing in Dungeons and Dragons. I, I feel like... I, no, in Dungeons and Dragons... Well, I meant the progression, not like how it happens. I, I feel like that could be easily exploited. I mean, it's not in a sense where... Because you don't want to fail... And it's and it's how do you exploit a random dice roll? Well, it's it wouldn't be a random dice roll. If, let's say I'm let's say I'm trying to get better at something and I'm traveling with a party. Not how it works. It, I see where you're going with it, and then not not how it works. So it's more so like in an instance like Matt, you're getting attacked and uh, you have like a fire axe in your hand, and your return instance is to like push the guy off. You roll a three. You don't push the guy off, but it's that's where you gain experience from a failure. Unless I die. Unless you die. But like most of the, it's the same thing, man. If you're a dungeon master, you're not trying to kill your party. So you may not necessarily die. You might get knocked out. You might get thrown off. You might get captured. 
but that's just basically in the essence of you can't succeed without failing first so that's where they base the failure gets experienced gets better player i feel like the party mechanics are probably a bit different than i than i could understand too, yeah it's cause... it's very role play it's very different than what we're used to um it's fun though it's not and everything kind of like balances out with everything like everybody has like a built way that they do different things and like what they're good at so like someone might have like a poopy driving ability but someone else is like the driver of the party or like whatever it is that's how it balances out you the mostly the recommendation for that game is like a party of three so you can kind of have like a balanced group of people who are good at different things okay well, like in any like in any party yeah because like if you're not good with guns you're not going to use guns you know you might use a gun randomly but that's not going to be your main go-to or if your character is not like a techie character it's not going to be like hey i'm going to try to hack into this computer you know you have someone who has a role for that yeah yeah so i i don't know i think it's a good system i like that that success through failure style I, i'd be willing to learn it but i'm i gotta say i'm not i don't have a lot of not a lot of chutzpah, not, not a lot, lot of, of faith, faith in that in that means of, of gaming. I mean, I feel like if you tried it, you might like it a little bit, but you'd be super uncomfortable the whole time. Like when you yeah. ate that pickle last week. Oh my God, it was disgusting. <laughs> oh yeah, check out Let's Eat Something New. Or, it's, it's, well, let's try something new. It's, it's a, <laughs> another hybrid production yeah. uh, podcast. Watch Matt throw up sauerkraut into a bag. It, it was very disgusting. Very tart. Very uh. German. Yeah, well, no offense if you like sauerkraut you shouldn't like sauerkraut or coleslaw throw it in the trash um one of my uh one of my more favorite like uh d20 gaming systems and i know you haven't played this but i think have you ever played starfinder which is like the space pathfinder no no I and you not. and we just started playing that like 5e rendition of star wars so there is a legitimate d20 can, star wars before we get into before we get into star wars can i mention 5e and and how much i i really dislike a lot of it. I wanted. I want you to take shots at it after I have more time to read the Dungeon Ma Master's Guide, so I can argue with you better. Because right now I'd have like a very limp-wristed argument. Exactly, and that's my you point. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Let me take advantage of him while he's down and hurt. No, no, I just uh, okay. What were you gonna say about the Star Wars D twenty system? Matt because is the I, guy I, who eats the baby lion when it's like two days old. What? You're the hyena of D and D. Why am I the hyena of D and D? You're trying to take advantage when I'm I'm two days old and I don't. Don't have my eyes open yet hey you were the one who insisted we play uh, 5e and you don't even know all of it hey i'm learning we're learning it's a it's a together experience but how can you say it's so much better than pathfinder when you don't even know the system because i like it better i because i you like okay, the system so, better that you don't know i know it enough to know that i like it better than pathfinder i i will okay listen i listen to a lot of D, &D podcasts which i don't want to bring like that fourth wall through into our world but uh yeah it's a good system i like it we can argue about it another day when i have some notes i need to like build up a portfolio for that for that fight um my mine is mine is is most of my childhood that points to 3.5 D, &D uh, and pathfinder 3.5 revised honestly though i mean it's not the worst four was the worst four was i will say four was the worst i have to roll to hit with a magic missile are you fucking kidding me oh my god did they did i can't uh. remember if it was four revised or the neverwinter edition like whatever it was but there was one where you didn't have to roll to hit anymore you just did damage and it was the stupidest thing i don't like that either i don't know which one that one was very loose 
Um, but 3.5 was incredible because it had so much uh, extent. Like, it, there was so much material for it. There was the races of the wild, the races of destiny, the races of the stone. There was the Libris Mortis. Didn't you have the, some forgotten races you wanted to talk about? The, the, yeah, the, one of my favorite races was the Illumian, the, the, the strange language-based alien-headed-looking creatures. They were almost humanoid, but they had a giant, bulbous, almost glowing head with glowing sigils that would float around them. And depending on the sigil, it would give them some kind of bonus or benefit. They were so cool. When they died, there was an audible, like, gibberish that would that could be heard anywhere. Even if they were killed on another plane of existence in that spot, you could hear it. Even if they were killed silently, you could hear it. Can if they you... were killed underwater, you could hear it. Yo, can you imagine that? Like, you're just, you are just walking about town. You got some sheep to bring to this guy. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of town. All you hear is... Just dissonant whispers. And and it would drive people crazy. That's horrifying. But that's what the race was. How, how like, did that, in that lore, is there, like, did they mention, like, how often that's an occurrence? Like, does, is that a known fact, or would, like, some peasant hear that and think he was, like, being possessed by some kind of malicious spirit? Well, a lot of Lumians wouldn't really venture away from their own societies. But were they so on they, the material plane, or were they on another plane of existence? They were on the material plane of existence. They were in Eberron, I Eberron? think. Eberron? Oh, okay. Isn't, yeah, that's a new... Is, Eberron was around in 3.5, wasn't it? Yes. Eberron and Faron. Faerun? Faerun. Yeah. I think Faerun is older, though. Faerun is older because I know that um, Eberron did not exist, I believe, when uh, The Legend of Drizzt was written. And that takes place in Neverwinter, and I believe portions of it are in Faerun. I I think you you could be right. I could I'm... be right. I could be wrong. I may be right, but I may be wrong. But I also may be right. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. Okay. All right. But <laughs> back to what we were saying before, you tried to mention the D20 Star Wars system that yeah. I haven't played. So, you know what the thing I was thinking about it, too, in this whole interim while you were talking um it's kind of the same as... You mean you weren't paying attention to me talking? You yeah, were thinking of I, something I, else? I, I was listening for the highlights. Uh, of course you were. Yeah, listen, it's it's 7 in the morning. The news is on. I'm not... I'm drinking coffee. I just heard there was a school bush that crashed. You know, I'm not... Just the highlights, man. I had something to talk about at work. Uh, It's basically the same as what I remember, like, 3.5 as. And also, it's somewhat similar to, like, the fifth... Like, the remodeled fifth edition we've been playing. Just... Star Wars. Okay. And also that like the one that so the one that we're playing right now, um, shout out to Star Wars five E, uh nice little website, just Google Star Wars five E and you'll see Swotor five E. Uh all the materials are available for everyone to free play. Please check it out and uh, let us know how you feel about it. Um We didn't make it. We did not make it. I'm just shouting it out because it's a good system. I like to share the knowledge. Please let us know how you like it though. It seems really intricate. Yeah, it's it's super intricate, and that's what I like about it because the Star Wars D twenty system that was made did not have a lot of intricacies to it as this one does. Like it had like your typical like tabletop role play. It had your races. It had your classes. It had like a mild amount of like ship stuff, but it was all very like loose and limited. And it was kind of like, make up your own stuff. We did this very quickly for a project and here you go. Which, you know, the 5e is like, hey, we've got a whole book about spaceships and it's difficult to understand from page one. 
That's that's very that's that's what I'm looking for because D, they're not they're not supposed to be books you read cover to cover. They're reference books that oh well I'm looking at this. Well, let's see where, he the, where the hell do I find that? Gave me such a hard time right for not here. reading the Dungeon Master's Guide all the way through. Hey, and he just said that I hypocrite. Hey, three point five. I, I read cover to cover. Matt, I didn't have friends then. How old? So. Were, yeah, I was about to say like how old were you? <laughs> How old was uh twelve? Yeah, I I'm sorry, but I uh right now as an adult uh do not have the same time I did when I was twelve. I wish I did. That'd be excellent. Chocolate milk and cartoons in the afternoon. I do that. Oh yeah, you still do that. What cartoons do you watch in the afternoon? Well, static Shock. You don't like Static Shock? No, I love Static. What, what part of my mouth came out with the words "I don't like Static Shock"? Just, just now? Justice League. I, I watch a Unlimited. lot of Justice League. Unlimited. Freakazoid. Yeah. We're Freakazoid was way We're a getting long off time topic ago. Again. We are. Uh, back to tabletops. Um, more about the fate system. Isn't there something that was similar to it that um you kind of like not tricked us into, but we played that was like a superhero like post-apocalyptic thing i i wanted to run a fate system that was like that but i couldn't i, we I, did I didn't I, 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 did, I didn't have the the proper like know-how on doing it right i was only starting fate and hadn't checked into it i the only fate game that i played at that point was uh dresden files uh <laughs> fate type game I, I i do really think that fate would be the way to go if you want to make a game like styled the way you want like i would really want to run an avatar last airbender oh. type uh fate game because I, I, it would so it, i don't think it would be as hard it's considering not... the the mechanics of the of fate it's just how and... do you make for you know how do you make everyone's playing a monk that can shoot a certain element from their hands like how do you make that not like saltine cracker boring after a while well it would be it would it comes down to in in fate you have aspects that generate your character and these aspects are they rule who you are and they cost an, a certain amount of fate points or refresh that you get at the beginning of each day and if, let's say you want to be a waterbender okay well you're a bender that's less fate points that you have from your total and these fate points you use to influence the re your actual aspects of your character. Are you a good swimmer? Are you good at this or good at that? Do, are you, do you have a fear of something? These are all things that when you act on, you get more fate points so that you can spend on these aspects. Like if you're a good swimmer, but you're afraid of something, you could get two fate points for fleeing something through the water because you're being true to who you are in two different senses. But if you go against who you are, then you get fate points ripped away because you're going against who you are. And I think it's a great way to hold someone accountable for the character that they make and a great way to balance characters. Like if someone wanted to be Sokka, they would get additional fate points as a maximum because they're not, they, they are what- I'm they, not a bender. Fate, yeah, they're not a bender. They would be a true natural. So they'd get more of these points to spend on things like feats that any normal person, they're called, I think they're called mortal stunts. Mortal stunts, okay. So here, here's a question too. When you say like, when you don't play your character, you get fate points ripped away. How do you deem that your player is not playing their character, especially as like, let's say, you know, you have something that goes on for a while. They have a lot of experiences and a lot of things happen to said character. So the person starts to modify the way they play. Like what's you're not playing your character versus, oh, your character has growth. 
as you play in in a fate game, you reach milestones instead of levels. And when you reach a milestone, you can modify, you can change an aspect or swap it with a different aspect to make it less less or more important. You can change one of your aspects from this to this to reflect that you went through something and you grew as a person, but you still have that aspect, that defining thing about you because it's something that changed about you. So would the aspect, because I've really never messed with the fate system, so like, would an aspect, for example, be like courageous? Is that like what an aspect is? Uh, courageous in in the face of danger. Just you, for you, like you could, the you example. Could, yeah, you could make it a phrase, or courageous would be a great way to put it. Like, oh, I'm going to run into this burning building because I'm courageous. Okay, right. well, you get a fate point for doing that, and because if, if you want to invoke that courage, that courage that you're doing, you could be like, I'm a courageous person. I'm going to spend this fate point and be like, I'm going to get a bonus for lifting this beam off of somebody for, because that's a courageous thing to do. Right. So now, like, let's throw this point in there. Let's say, like, you have this ability. Your or your what is it called again? Your fate. Yeah. No, what the thing is courageous? Called. No, 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 no. Like, what is aspect. it? Aspect. This aspect. Aspect. So you have this aspect, right? So let's say you have the aspect of you're courageous. There's a house on fire. It's completely covered in flames. You know, it's a terrible idea to go in there, and there's nothing you could do. Now, if you don't go in there, like, let's say someone's yelling for help, and you don't go in there. Because you're just like, I literally, if I go in there, I die. Does that make you against your aspect or does that make your character not a moron? Uh, it, it it depends on what's in there. If it's only one per, if, if it's if there is a person in there, you are courageous and you would probably go in to help and save them. But if you don't, then it's not that much of a penalty. It's just okay. You're not being courageous. I'm gonna take one of your fate points away. But necessarily, I mean, like, so it's not that you have to not like you either are courageous or you're cowardly. Is you could be neither in taking like no step towards either side but lose a fate point because you're not taking a step towards create uh, courageous well that, that's because you are you your aspect was courageous not courageous against in if it was courageous against insurmountable odds Right. Then I could I could hold a, a significant penalty to you, but it wouldn't be that much of a of a problem. But it you said be still, regardless, you. you'd lose a you, point. You would lose a point because you said that you were courageous and you were acting in an uncourageous way. Well, okay, so courageous but, is not smart. I mean, but courageous isn't stupid necessarily either. Yes, and in the, in such a case, you can look to your other aspects to be like, what would I do in this situation? Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. Like, let's like this it's is a why you have five. It's a situation where you definitely recognize the smarter choice is to call someone for help who's more apt to handle with this. Because if you go in there, you will die. Like the building's completely covered in flames. There's no way for you to get in. If you make the choice not to go in. I don't like where's the aspect where it splits from oh you're not being courageous to oh you're making this the proper choice for the situation it, it comes at that point it comes down to the intention what are you intending to do are you going to walk away and ignore it are you going to walk away and get help are so, you going to try to do something about the person screaming do you even still, hear the person screaming so if there's basically like in that instance with the, with your courageous aspect if you have the intention in mind to still do something where you're helping whoever's in trouble but not necessarily being the one who's like interacting with this dire death situation that you don't have the tools to deal with that's kind of where the cutoff is like as long as you're still trying to better the situation it wouldn't affect you if if you were trying to better the situation in a courageous way you might even get a bonus for it but if you weren't then i don't think that you would be 
necessarily penalized for because you're still trying to help. Would you're you, still doing something important. You're trying to save somebody. You're being courageous. Would you consider calling nine one one on your cell phone from like a safe distance across the street courageous or just like morally the right thing to do? I would consider it morally the right thing to do. So would that person with the courageous aspect lose a a fate point because instead of dashing into a burning building in t-shirts and jeans they decided to call the fire department well they they could have dashed up to the neighbor's house and be like hey you have a fire extinguisher do you have a I mean, Matt, we're talking about help? like a giant fire that could not be controlled by like a none less than the team of firefighters the, the if it's if it is if it is a it, if, i feel like this sad anime sort of, moment fire i feel like a sad anime moment fire would be imposed by a dungeon master for a specific reason and there wouldn't be anything you were able to do about it in fact i feel like it would be a, a more of a, a plot device than something to to agonize over something so small truth so i mean in that instance i don't run into the building it's more so you're not being stupid you're not being not courageous you just have to you would have to help something you would have to do something to improve the situation or i would absolutely penalize you you uncourageous fuck you're a very rude man thank you <laughs> but i'm very serious about the if you're playing this character then act like it um yeah, I get what you're saying there, because if you're going to make a character a certain way and you don't play them that certain way just because you want the benefits, like, what's the point? Exactly. Um, so, outside, you mentioned Besom before, and I know that, like, neither one of us have had, like, two I've only played a few games of Besom. Um, Besom, for those of you who don't know it, is uh, an acronym for Big Eyes, Small Mouth. Uh, and essentially, as much as that sounds like a hentai, it is not. It's... Uh, it's it's basically a skeleton rule book and uh for any d20 system for anything you want to do like oh you want to do gundams in space well here's like all the base information you want to do ninjas you want to do you know you want to play bleach the tabletop game here are your stats and that, here's all your base stuff that's how i felt fate was i mean i think i think fate and that have like a similar thing i think besom just went into more like let's give them reasonable stats and statistics for like crazy stupid anime shit like i remember one that we played out of there because my friends are obsessed with dragon ball z at the time we played a dragon ball z tabletop and like just hearing like those words in my head is like man that's like an overwhelming experience because how the hell do you do any of that and that magical little notebook has little base stats for like a super powered human thing okay and so it's like essentially like anime superhero go and that's like your base stats and that's like another d20 system that i don't think gets like any recognition whatsoever because i don't know any i've never heard it outside of like the group of us of me being like hey this thing i've never heard of it before i've i've heard besom being I've, I've had friends bring it up but i've never had the chance to to play it with them because they were always like friends of parents friends or family friends or something that i never see very often that guy you met uh, at circle k once and you touched hands at the slurpee machine I, you how did you know about that he told me in confidence and then i told everybody who's listening to this podcast just now i gotta stop telling you things in yeah, confidence well, that's uh that's a good idea anyway D D, besom fate we didn't mention Final Fantasy Tabletop because I've they actually do have one. Never seen it. It is a D hundred system. And if I could if I could say it I feel like it's a little more simplified than most of the other games because 
you you already know what the spells they're gonna use are uh fire fira firaga uh blizzard blizzara blizzaga yes we, we get the train it's and it, it's i feel like it's kind of an empty concept for me but as far as the statistics go it's pretty solid as far as magic defense or uh agility regular defense strength i find it uh, funny that they took like a turn-based rpg and turned it into a tabletop turn-based rpg they were like hmm this is a very easy port over do we want an extra 59.99 from a, like eight people I, I i didn't spend any money on it i downloaded it illegally oh, matt you can't say that why not we're gonna get oh, great all right guys yeah you're, when we assume, go off the internet in two seconds the swat teams are going to be busting in the doors because matt is pirating software assume you wouldn't for, download a car sue me for lime wire in, in, in 2010 oh, so your computer got gonorrhea that's that's i guess that's a trade-off it, it, yeah is it I mean, dude, you, you it know, wasn't. You, hey, it wasn't my computer. If you don't want to pay for things, you have to be willing to give your computer an STD. That's pretty gross. Yeah, well, don't stick your dick in the floppy drive. That's all I have to say. I learned it, that did, the hard way. Does yours? Did, did yours fit? Like when I was six. <laughs> okay. And then, like two days ago, when I tried it again. Okay. Um. So you're you're not as lonely as I am, and I I don't feel like just, you should have done that. Listen, I I like to put stuff inside of stuff that it shouldn't go to, if it's not alive. I really feel like that's remember a terrible thing. I feel, really feel like that's a terrible thing to say remember, on, remember on the line. Remember the fish we talked about, the other episode. Yeah, I I that I saw that fish last week. We're good friends now. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Um so getting into the that's uh terrifying. I want I want to clean this up with uh just one last little shout out um and this is a really obscure thing and I don't know if you've seen this movie or read these books, but do you know what Starship Troopers is? I love Starship Troopers. I, I, hang on a second. I I watched Oh yeah, you the were movies. always telling me about the I, cartoon I, I watched and the CG back right. in the day Gross. in the 90s. Gross. It was amazing. Gross. I, I, I'll kill you. Matt, I will tell you right now anybody who's a fan of starship troopers is damning you right now because anything outside of the books and the first movie is all trash i i loved that show i really did it was not a good show it was but, a great show all right keep your opinions even though they're wrong i respect you no you don't i don't <laughs> I, I love you stop it don't make people think i don't respect you um they made a tabletop game I just found out about it the other day. I'm in this stupid Facebook, like it's called Bu Starship Trooper bug posting, bug and it's just posting. it's just stupid memes. It's just Starship Trooper memes all day. But there was a there's someone brought that up, and there is a D20 Starship Troopers tabletop. Um, I after scouring the internet for like three hours, I found a PDF. Dude, it is the wildest thing I've ever seen. I'll the play it. The it's stats for the bugs alone are just nightmarish, and uh. They're supposed to be nightmarish. Dude, and right in, I can't remember if it was like right in the beginning of the book or somewhere in the character creation, but they recommended making multiple characters because it doesn't, like, depending on what you are, because you can go to, like, the academy and become a pilot, but, like, what's the point of playing that game if you're not playing mobile infantry? Yeah. But, like, that's like, oh, hey, make, like, a pack of characters because you're going to die every five seconds. The... From from the, that movie, I'm just going to rip this out right now. That whole training scene in the first thing didn't make any sense because they were training to fight other people when they were yeah, going to get eaten by, by bugs. bugs. 
the, I, I do have to say that the I saw the cartoon, the, the CG thing, before I saw the movie. So what? it caught me off guard. How does that happen? How does that happen? I was eight, and my parents didn't want me watching the... the, the they were like, it's a cartoon. It's fine. Oh, my but God. But they don't want me watching a, a, a show where live people are getting torn apart by bugs. I mean, they're not live people. The, the, the actors. Whatever. After a certain the, the, part of getting it, torn it, apart. It caught me off guard how tough to kill the bugs actually were well, yeah, in, in the movie giant, like, and spider it's, so in in if the if they're tough to kill in the tabletop that makes complete sense and i in real life i would run for my life probably in vain as they would try they would simply mow me down and eat me um as one great man once would say Come on, you apes. Do you want to live forever? Oh, man. Ra Lieutenant Razak. That's a model Lieutenant of the mobile infantry. Do you no. want to live forever? I, uh, Ra Razak's roughnecks. Yeah, and then Rico's roughnecks. Oh. oh. And they were all kids. I do love Daddy Zim, though. He got the brain bug. Jenkins? Zim, the guy who trained them at the boot camp. He was the one who found the brain bug. The, the guy, guy who the, was the like, guy put your like, hand on the, that the, wall, the, the, and then he throws the knife through the dude's hand. Oh, I'm thinking of the guy who was like, it's afraid. It's, oh, it's afraid. That's, who, that's, Neil Patrick the, Harris? The, 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 yeah, yeah that's, his, his name was Jenkins, and no, he was the psychic. No, it's Neil Patrick Harris. It's Neil Patrick Harris in space. Neil Patrick Harris in space. There was no unicorn. You can't say it's Neil Patrick Harris. I can say it was Neil Patrick Harris. It was. It will be forever. In my heart, he will always be a psychic who could make ferrets attack his mother. He did do that. That was awesome. It, it was. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm interested in this game, and I would play it. All right, I'll download the PDF. We'll look at it for like six hours, and then probably never again. Yeah, we'll subject. We'll try to subject a small group of people to it at first, and we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that at some uh, transient point in the future. Uh, but I, I think I think that'll about do it for us today. You think you got anything else? I, I don't think I've played any other tabletops. I mean, I've looked into games like Mage, the Ascension, but I didn't get a chance to play I've them. I played Mage. It, it, it's a D10 system, right? Yeah, I don't like D10 systems. I, I, I would be willing to try them, but I just haven't had a chance to. All right. Well, maybe we'll get Matt to try something new uh, next week and play Magi while he's eating pickles. Uh, please no more pickles yeah, i don't like pickles. pickles um so yeah remember guys we're pretty much everywhere now you can find us on spotify apple itunes where we got a couple of videos up on youtube if you want to see the live action of our beautiful faces um check us out where, where are we on social right now Matt? uh we're on we said spotify but we're on facebook a hybrid productions yeah we got a hybrid productions we've got all of the podcast pages on facebook uh twitter instagram uh, we're pretty YouTube. much all over the place uh, we're going to have our Patreon getting set up here in the near future, so be sure to check that out. We'll have a couple of uh, bonuses and benefits on there and uh, some more news for you guys in the future. Anything else, Matt? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for coming back to Matt and Andy with Andy and Matt. As always, he's Andy and I'm Matt. Thanks. Take care. Like da, 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 da.